Hey guys, this is a Major League Soccer special. I know. First off, I didn't call it the MLS, which apparently Dave from Bros Talking Soccer would fucking crucify me for, but we wanted to change up our content a little bit, um, and this is a bit late for posting. It was supposed to be our Saturday special, and I actually recorded this late last week with Tom from the MLS Aces. Uh, Tom's an awesome guest. Uh, I honestly don't know fuck all about Major League Soccer. I said MLS again. God damn it. I'm getting better. I'm trying, guys. I'm a big MLS guy, big Major League Soccer guy. Uh, We talk about how current teams are doing on the East and the West. We talk about playoff system. We talk about pro relegation. I try not to annoy Tom with the typical questions. Tom was a great guest. He really crushed it. Um, So I'm really excited for all the fans of the show who are Major League Soccer fans. Uh, I'm going to try and watch some more. I doubt Martin is, but, you know, that's fine. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I feel as though we have a lot of people asking us to cover this. We also have a lot of people talking, uh, wanting us to talk about Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga. Uh, We're going to get to that, and we're going to have guests who know that shit better than we do because our knowledge in that stuff is good, but I think we can do better. So, thank you guys uh, for sticking around. I think this is a 35-minute episode. Probably longer now since I've been just fucking jabbering on. Um, but yeah, Tom's awesome. And I also want to do a quick shout-out to JD. Um, he is a part of our Discord channel known as Drunk Uncle. He came up to Boston from Lancaster. All the good meats in Lancaster and Amish. And uh, with his wonderful girlfriend, Aaron. Uh, and we went out and got to hang out and get fucked up together. Because he is drunk uncle. And held, held my own. Held my own at the Coogan's. Fucking slimiest bar in the down part of Boston. What is that part? Downtown. The downtown part of Boston. I couldn't even remember what the fuck downtown was. Anyway, um... That was awesome. I just want to say, again, it's been so cool doing this fucking show and meeting really cool people who like this show and getting to meet them in person, especially through the Discord that now almost has 50 people. It's a big chat room. I don't mean to plug this in, but this is how me and JD actually like got to know each other. So it's kind of sick. Um, he's a massive Liverpool fan. Um, really, really just good dude. Um, but yeah, back to the Discord. I'm just geeking out over JD. Watch out, Aaron. Um and it's a really cool place where you just hang out with some guys and we just talk soccer. We got this new hot take Tuesday in there. Um, I know I, it, it sounds lame, but it's cool. It's cool. And we talk about soccer, beer, movies, um, just a bunch of guys who didn't think, you know, were there other people to talk about soccer in your town? Some, we got people in the Midwest, California, people who, you know, want to talk about beer and getting fucked up and, you know, talk like actual soccer. And I don't know. It's cool, man. All right. That was my intro. I figured, you know, when I start this show, I say, uh, welcome to the Saturday special, because I was supposed to post a Saturday. What the fuck ever? It's Tuesday. Major League Soccer has played one more game since then. I don't think it's changed that much. Um, Tom's the man. Shout out at MLS Aces. And um, enjoy the show. Love you. Cool. Mm. welcome into lads podcast this is a saturday special and we're talking mls guys as you know i'm a huge mls guy i've been to one game this year i've watched like two games on tv 
So obviously I'm obsessed with the MLS, but you guys have been asking for more MLS coverage and you know, I'm going to give you what you want. All right. And I don't know fuck all about it, but I do got a guy here who does. His name is Tom Sweezy. He runs the MLS Aces podcast. You can follow him on Instagram, Twitter, at MLS Aces. He's the absolute shit. He is the man. I DM'd him today, and I'm like, hey, man, can you come on the show? You sound fucking great. And he was like, yeah, sure. So, Tom, uh, without further ado, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm here to persuade you into watching at least an extra MLS game um, maybe every, like, month. We'll start with that. That you know, you need to work me slow, man. You can't just like throw it all in my face at once. I'm gonna hate it. You gotta like car, like a uh, car salesman, like start low and then gotta build up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, we're catching me on MLS transfer deadline day. So, oh, big day, big day. All right. Well, I want to hear more about that because I don't know anything <laughs> about that. So, all right, Tom. Uh, for starters, tell people about your show. Why they should be listening? Why they should be subscribing right now as they listen? They should pause this shitty show. Go listen to yours. Um, and a little background about your uh, with your background with soccer in general. Yeah, so I'll I'll give the quick little rundown. And don't pause this show. Don't pause it. You, you, we can multitask. <laughs> we can multitask. Um, but so MLS Aces. I started this whole thing back in 2015 for MLS Cup back then. Um, this kind of just started as a blog and a Twitter page for me just to learn Major League Soccer, learn soccer in general. Because at the time wasn't big into soccer. I was like every other. Uh, stereotypical American that called, you know, soccer every bad word, you know, up and down the fucking book. Um, So that was kind of my start to it. I kind of just wanted to learn, kind of wanted to just get thoughts out there. And the best place to get thoughts out there is to go on Twitter, tweet something, and you have 50 people saying it's stupid. So, you know, kind of just jump. Yeah, pretty much Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, Twitter, Twitter. Um, Living in the Northeast, too, if that's completely what you grow up with every single day. Um, So kind of started there. Then in 2017, I was just like, fuck it. Like, I want to do more than just tweeting. I want to do more than just writing about it. I'm going to talk about it. So I started with the podcast then, and we've been going. So this is our third full season now of doing um, the podcast covering Major League Soccer and everything like that. But uh, we recently just expanded, dropping a website, MLSAces.com, dropping weekly picks now. That's the newest thing that we kind of just added this week, legit. Um edit another podcast called the Full Press Podcast, where my other co-host Jason and Sam, they um, they are big European soccer guys as well. So they wanted to, on top of talking about Major League Soccer, talk about European soccer. And uh, I'm a fan of European soccer. I don't have a club. I don't have, you know, any ties to anything. I just know less than them about it. So it's also kind of the running joke of that podcast of, I'm trying to learn European soccer just as much as talk about it every single week. So we have a lot going on. Um, but yeah, follow us on any social media. And I'm always willing to answer a, a comment, a tweet, whatever, and, you know, talk some shit along the way. All right. Well, now my first question is, before we even get into MLS, well, it is an MLS question, but what drew you to MLS compared to all the European soccer? Um, I guess I'm a very uh, pro-American kind of guy. I don't know. Um, after, what was it? Whatever World Cup that was back in 2012. 2014, right? 2014 that's what I meant. Yeah, uh, that's how good I am right now. 2014, <laughs> um, I really just, I I really got into soccer with that one. The people I was hanging out with at the time and, you know, my, my closest friends still today, really big into soccer where I wasn't. 
Um, and just for me personally, I wanted to see what America had to offer soccer was. Uh, they, my friends now completely aren't. One's a big Inter Milan fan. One's a big Manchester United fan. Um, so they didn't give a shit about American soccer. I was like, eh, let's just see. So I got into American soccer that way. Um, FIFA, obviously everyone got into soccer playing FIFA, I feel, but, um, I don't know. I kind of just, it just drew me. I wanted to see like what American soccer was. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is the biggest difference between that and the European? Uh, talent. All right. Well, besides talent, is it like, you know, if you go to like Italy, they pride themselves on their defense. Uh, England is about like toughness and grittiness. La Liga plays the beautiful Tiki Taka. League One is a farmer's league. And then Bundesliga (laughs) is just Bayern Munich. So what is what is the um, what's is there a certain style? Is there a certain thing or is it just talent? I wouldn't. I mean, look. I am the first person to admit that MLS and American soccer isn't the same talent level of Amer- of European soccer. Nowhere close, right? Um, but I will say that my biggest draw to MLS and to and to American soccer is that it is set up for anyone can win, and that is something that no other league in Europe, no other watchable league in Europe, can say. You watch a game in England, you watch a game in Germany, you watch a game in Spain, wherever you want to watch, you pretty much can say before the game who is going to win that game before the game by how many goals, whatever. You watch an MLS game, and it could be a one nothing victory of the team that's least amount of points in the league over the team that's most points in the league. I mean, this season, a little different with LAFC kind of running their thing, but it's it's absolutely... The parody of Major League Soccer is the reason why I absolutely love it. Mm. Yeah, I think we've kind of gotten away from parody with the other European top five leagues. Obviously, you have PSG, a monopoly on League Un, Bayern Munich, and Bundesliga, uh, Barcelona for the most part. I mean, I'll just say Barcelona has a monopoly on La Liga, and now you're kind of seeing it. Uh, oh, and Juventus and Serie A, and you're now kind of seeing it in the Premier League with Man City. So. If you're looking for a team, a different team every year and, and you want to stay like, you know, your team might have hope and can figure it, their shit out. I think maybe would you say the MLS is the route to go? Yeah, I mean, I think that th- there's obviously some down points to Major League Soccer and the way the rosters and rules are set up. But roster turnover is pretty big every offseason. Um, obviously, I think every single year that's changing, more money's getting invested, more people are getting signed to longer-term contracts, but big moves happen. Game-changing and season-changing moves happen every offseason where, where players are moved and more money's added and etc. And it's just, if you want to find a team in Major League Soccer that may be in your market, maybe not in your market, just know that at the end of the day, for the most part, they have a shit shot to win. They have a shot to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. And I love parody. That's why, you know, I love the NFL. Uh, the NBA seems to be having a super parody year next year. I mean, it's been just Golden State and uh, LeBron for the past decade. But, you know, well, that's, why, that's, that's why I like sports having parody because it gives hope. When there's no hope, then why do you watch? Um, my first question is, um, why is it that all I see about MLS is Zlatan Ibrahimovic on my feed? Like, it's never about anything else, but it's just Latin. Is there just because Latin is Latin, or is it because uh, the MLS uses their, he's probably their biggest star? Uh, yeah, pretty much that. MLS, and I've said this before, MLS needs to hop off Slotdown's dick. Um, mm-hmm. It's absolutely just, 
No, I'm not saying he's a bad player. Obviously not. He has 16 goals on the season. He's sitting third right now in um, you know, the Golden Boot race. Zlatan's an incredible player, even at his age right now in Major League Soccer. He's a game changer. He can score when he wants. But again, that's my critique of him is that he scores when he wants. And okay, he had a hat trick in their biggest rivalry game of the season, but he doesn't show up against a majority of the other teams. So I think it's just Slothon's the most marketable name. He is the, the, the most maybe recognizable face globally right now for Major League Soccer. Um, but by far, I would not call him the guy I'm building my MLS roster around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems like he's talked a lot of shit about the MLS, too. And they're the ones <laughs> who are, like, marketing him. So it's like, what the fuck are you doing, MLS? Like, it doesn't seem like, uh, why are you, like, pushing this guy forward when he always trying to, you know, is kick you back? Yeah, he, you know, the, the Ferrari and Fiat comments, the, you know, him saying that, you know, he does so well because the pace of passing and the pace of the game is so much slower here and blah, blah, blah. Like, again, I, he's not wrong. Like, that's just, let's be completely honest. He's not wrong that he is so much more talented than many other players on the field, than maybe 95% of the league. He is so much more used to a faster pace of play, but... Why are you going to keep marketing the guy that all he wants to do is just talk trash every single time he can in front of a mic? Mm, yeah, I just think it's really counterintuitive. But, you know, I guess it gets more clicks. It's clickbaity. <laughs> and, you know, that's what our fucking society is about now. So, Tom, I, I, I'm going to move on to actual MLS. What has been some of your favorite stories? Obviously, the ones I know about are like LAFC, uh, Atlanta United are starting to find some more form. Uh, Minnesota FC has been very exciting with like their fandom. I feel like the fandom is what gets talked about a lot about uh, MLS now too. Like Atlanta selling out seventy thousand people stadiums and stuff like that. But is there any stories that you'd like to talk about that you've talked about on your show? So I think one of the more uh, overlooked stories of the season, and one of the more overlooked stories that even like you know I fail to talk about on the show is the Philadelphia Union. Thank um, you. Thank you. They came in around what 2012, 2013, somewhere around there, and they've never really gone out and they've never really signed a, a big time superstar. They never really had a, a you know a playoff chance, a playoff run, whatever it may be. Philadelphia Union go out this offseason and sign Marco Fabian from Eintracht Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. Okay, fantastic. He's a Mexican international. We know him here in CONCACAF. Um, you know, he's an absolute game changer. We, we know what he can do. He comes out and he's injured. He's suspended. He doesn't actually play. When he's on the field, he doesn't actually produce. Recent weeks, he's been finding complete form. He had two goals and an assist last week in an absolute crazy game for them. But... The Union come out right now sitting first place in the East, um, not pulling an LAFC in the West, but they're still sitting first place. They've been the most consistent team in the, in the Eastern Conference where no one wants to be the best team in the conference. But a 37, 37 goals allowed, 46 goals for, they've been just doing something all season long that they haven't never done in their, in their, career, um, in their club's history before. So the Union right now are my biggest story. They are my best team in the Eastern Conference until anyone else can kind of compete, even over my New York City FC. But the Union just absolutely are an under-talked-about under story this season in Major League Soccer. 
You know, as a Philadelphia Union fan living in Philadelphia the past three years, recently moving to Boston, uh, I actually got to go be in the press room, got to be up front and central with all the players and Jimmy. And as a fellow ginger, I love Jimmy. He has a great stature. He has a great coach. Like, you know, presents himself very well. So I'm a big Jimmy guy. Um, That's awesome. It's just so great to see a team that, you know, has always been kind of like the end of a joke, the butt end of a joke for so long to be – I mean, doing phenomenal. I mean, and it's also they they have a lot of great youth players as well through their academy, right? Exactly. Exactly. Austin Trusty, the center back for them, is, I think, you know, easily one of the best young up-and-coming players in the league that maybe is overlooked at the same exact time, which is crazy to me. Um, Brendan Aronson, uh, Matt Real at left back, these guys are either starting or playing, you know, very quality substitute minutes for them or, you know, fill in minutes when, you know, when, when the roster turnover each week is, is needed. So the union, like, I love what they're doing. Um, I love what they're doing from an organizational standpoint and from a performance on the field standpoint. So, you know, I think uh, good on them. So I'll just start with the East. Who else in the East? You said you're a New York City FC fan. Uh, where did that fandom come from? Was it Pirlo? Was it Frank? Who was it? Who was it? Tell me. Uh, it was that view. Um, there you go. So I was, you know, like before when I was, when I was first getting into soccer and everything, I was first getting to MLS and all that stuff. I went to a few Red Bull games, um, and never really kind of never did it for me. Uh, you know, they were in a different state and I am a New York Jets fan and stuff like that. So I get that against it, but, um, they were in a different state, tough to get to. Um, I don't know, just, just something didn't feel right about it. And then New York City, they're, they're, they're coming to town. They have Frank Lampard, they have Pirlo, David Villa. Um, they had Mick's Discrude coming in at the time. And at the time, Mick's was the shit. He was the next big fucking midfielder that was going to turn things around for the U.S. men's national team, right? So I was like, okay, like, I think I'm going to go City all the way. Um, you know, like, they're playing in Yankee Stadium. It's easier to get to than Red Bull Arena. I love the light blue. Um, you know, I'm just all for it. So City was my team. And this season, you could also argue that they are the best team in the East. They played the least amount of games in Major League Soccer, um, dealing with some constant injuries. And I think the few games that they've had every single choice starting 11 player on the field, they've shown that they are the best team in the East because they have a bear up top scoring the Trita out on the wing. The guy is absolutely incredible. We have the best defense. We're running with a little three-five-two action. Um, James Sands, one of our youngsters, a U.S. men's, uh, you know, youth international guy. He's playing. He's transitioned from defensive midfielder to center back. He's playing out of his mind. I, I think City has a real shot at, uh, at going all the way this year. All right. Anyone else in the East that you're liking that could possibly have a shot at the title? Uh, I mean, I think you have to talk about Atlanta United. Uh, the, the whole Tata Martino to Frank the Boer thing hasn't gone over as well as I think Atlanta United was hoping. But they just have way too much talent on this team to to even ever con- you know consider to count them out at all. Joseph Martinez up top just scores goal after goal after goal. Um, you know, PT Martinez, the South American Player of the Year last year, he's kind of beginning to find his form. Julian Gressel, these are guys that you need to watch. If, if you want to watch an exciting game in Major League Soccer, and especially an exciting game and an exciting team in the Eastern Conference, you're going to go out and you're going to go watch Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. They are electric, and they kind of made me fall back into the MLS love and also having Atlanta United podcast on the show. And, like, you know, it, they are just so fun to watch, and their fans are so passionate. It is really cool. It has a very European feel to their fandom, which is really, really cool. Um, 
I'm going to switch over to the West. So obviously LAFC is running away with it. So tell <laughs> me why. Why Why are they so good? Is it Bob Bradley? I mean, he is a legend, Swansea legend. Um, <laughs> why is LAFC so good? Is it just because of Vela? What, what, what's the juice that's pumping this team? LAFC has somehow just manipulated the roster rules to just somehow seemingly have a top five player at every single position. Um, their biggest issue is is a true striker, is a true guy to play up top in the middle. That rumors right now they have found that guy in a in a year a Uruguayan youth international to go be that number nine to play in between Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi. And speaking of those two players, Vela right now is your MLS MVP front runner with 22 goals and 13 assists in 22 games. Um, Diego Rossi on the other side of the wing has 13 goals and five assists in 23 games. It is a scary attack when those two are running at you. Um, and then in the middle, my two biggest, I think, impact guys outside of those two have been Mark Anthony K, Canadian international, um, kind of plays a little bit of an eight, um, gets up into the attack when he can. I think he's much better um, with the ball at his feet than many people would give him credit for. And then Edward Atuesta, um, he's more of the number six in that midfield. He plays a little bit more defensively, but the balls he puts through up into the attack and the, the, the lines that he can break with, with stellar balls going up the field, I think that you know this team is just stacked every single position. And it's absolutely crazy what Bob Bradley has done. He's molded LAFC's team to play like a Barcelona He's, they watch Barcelona tape every single week, and I think they are the closest thing that we may see, we, we may ever see, and we have ever seen to a Barcelona in Major League Soccer. Wow, that's, you know, that's pretty awesome. But you do know Barcelona stole their style from Arsenal. But anyway, um, <laughs> I will say um, it's just like night and day with them. I went to the New England Revolution LAFC game last weekend, and New England Revolution are uh, finding form under Bruce Arena. I think they won 10 games in a row, Tom, something like that. Uh, something like that. I, I think it's before their, yeah, before their loss this past week. I think it was like 10 or 11 games in a row. Mm-hmm. So they went on a nice streak. But like watching that game live, you could just tell that LAFC was just the better side. Like through and through. I mean, the scoreline 2-0, not that crazy. I think that was the final score. I, I was pretty drunk by the end of the game. But <laughs> I... I think it was just watching it. I was like, New England Revolution are playing well, but LAFC is just on another level. Is that how it's felt throughout the whole season? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, I think what is – just LAFC, they have three losses on the season. Um, one coming to Zlatan on off a hat trick, which like in a rivalry game like that, stadium – What are you going to do? Exactly. You can't control a loss like that. Another one was a midweek game where a bunch of, uh, you know, second teamers, whatever you want to consider, an MLS second team were playing. And I think their third loss was somewhere similar to that. So LAFC hasn't really ever looked like a crappy team against many opposition in, in Major League Soccer this season. Um, they're a step above and beyond everyone else. And kind of your reference to the New England Revolution Bob Bradley, uh, sorry, Bruce Arena has completely turned around this New England Revolution team without adding much besides um, Gustavo Bo from Club Tijuana and Liga Mekis. He was the only move I think the Revs have made to bring in this transfer window. 
Um, and he's been electric. Don't get me wrong. He's been a fantastic striker and, you know, a guy, probably their best striker since like a Taylor Twelman, you know, um, Clint Dempsey that's been on the team. So but what Bruce Arena has done has been absolutely fantastic. And the, the you know, the, un- the undefeated streak they've been on was fantastic. But they still are just lacking talent in so many places that the Revs are kind of just... I like them. I think they can make the playoffs, but I don't know how what what their ceiling is. I don't know if the ceiling is that high. Mm-hmm. You think coaching like definitely made the difference? I think the maybe mindset of coaching. Like I, the only thing that changed, honestly, was Bruce Arena came in and they signed a designated player striker. That was it. And it's not like Gustavo Bo has been a has had a Carlos Vela's lot on Ibrahimovic impact on the team. He scored goals, but he hasn't had that superstar amazing impact so i i have to you know say bruce arena who is a, a veteran of this league and knows what he's doing in this league has changed the mindset and it's kind of maybe molded some of these guys to playing better spots mm. all right well i'm going to transition back to the west uh obviously big names that people who aren't that familiar with mls they know about the seattle sounders they know about the portland timbers how are they doing are they are i haven't really heard much about them so let's start with the Sounders. They're kind of trending in a downward direction for me. Um, started off the season hot. They were up there with LAFC and uh, DC United was pretty hot to start the season as well. But some summer action came into play. They lost Nico Ladero. They lost Raul Ruiz Diaz. Kind of, they were going to go play in the Copa America. Um, Jordan Morris just hasn't not really found his form at all um, since he tore his ACL what two years ago now. And in the middle of all of that, their captain center back, Chad Marshall, retired midseason. He just was too many injuries to even step onto a field. So I think that was just an absolute huge blow to them. Um, and then most recently, this past week, there one, another center back, Roman Torres, just got suspended for, I think, 10 games because he got found with a PED um, in his system. So the Seattle Sounders falling apart a little bit to me. Um, I think that... When Nico Ladero and Raul Ruiz Diaz and these guys are on their game, they're a fantastic team. But I'm just I'm not sold on them right now at this point of the season. But going to their rivals, the Portland Timbers, they started off the season I think it was 12 straight road games as um, as their their park was getting renovations to finish up the season, and they went on a 12 game home um, streak playing at home, and they absolutely tore it up during that time. Um, they're up on the up and up. They signed a designated player striker, Brian Fernandez, who has been an immediate impact. He has been one of those guys that comes into the league, scores a, like you know more goals than he has played games. Um, he's a guy that defenders don't know what to do with. And besides this game last week against Minnesota United, he's been unstoppable. And he's been a guy that's completely also changed this team. He's played on the wing. He's played up top. He can do anything. And then also having Diego Valeri play behind him doesn't hurt at all either. Yeah, I mean, they're just staples in the MLS. Am I wrong? Like, these are, like, the teams that people think of? Yeah, I think many teams, like, when you're thinking MLS right now from a from a person that may not know Major League Soccer, you think LA Galaxy, you think Seattle Sounders, you think Portland Timbers, um, maybe DC United, but I think those are the teams you think. Okay. Um, so big picture, uh, we're about, what, halfway through the season? We're approaching the latter half, correct? We're going into week 23, so we're about nine weeks left until the playoffs. 
Okay. Playoffs? Um, <laughs> do, oh, uh, first question. Do you like the playoff system compared to how the European leagues do it in terms of top point earner wins, uh, wins the title? I do. Um, and that may not be a very popular opinion for people who are a fan of European soccer. I just, I like the playoffs. Um, I maybe, I don't like the way the playoffs is, is structured and, and how many teams make it and everything, but I do like the playoff system. All right. Well, then the follow-up question, um, do you like that there's no uh, promotion or relegation? And let me before, Tom, before I get into it, I'm coming from a European background, and most of the people who listen to this show mostly follow Premier League and European soccer, but we got a lot of MLS guys as well. Uh, everyone that I talk to who follow mostly Premier League, uh, they say, like, I can't believe they have a playoff system. I can't believe uh, they don't do promotion or relegation. I'm here to say, Tom, I'm about to be very open with you. So tell me, do you like promotion or relegation? And also, do you hate getting asked that every five seconds? Um, no, I don't hate getting asked that every five seconds because I think it's an interesting point to talk about. I do want promotion relegation within Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer. Um, I do think that it'll happen eventually. Uh, I'm not saying anytime soon, but I think it's necessary. I think that there's a place for it in soccer no matter where you're looking globally um i just i want it i think it's i think it's important i think it should be here i just don't know how realistic it is and i think that we have such a fear as a soccer federation that we're gonna have a repeat of the old nasl we're gonna have a repeat of all these soccer leagues that have failed due to money. And we also have owners that have paid millions of dollars to get a major league soccer team that, frankly, don't want to get promo uh, relegated into a second division. And do I understand their point of view? Yes. I wouldn't want to, you know, however many million dollars it is to get into major league soccer right now, I wouldn't want to go play in the second division either if I didn't put money into the team. But then on the other side of that, I think that, it's a risk owning a soccer team. I think that you need to know the risk of owning a soccer team. And yes, you can put $100 million, whatever it may be, to get into Major League Soccer. But that doesn't mean your job is done. That doesn't mean you just get to play in Major League Soccer the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, you it's all about the money, though. Yeah, you just can't uh, coast by and just think like, all right, did it. Now you guys figure it out. Like, no, there's actual like really high highs and could be really low lows. So that's refreshing because I talked to a lot of MLS guys because I am an MLS guy. And they're all like, no, promotion relegation. Um, that's just not our game. We do playoffs. We just do things different here in America. But that is kind of refreshing to hear that you are for promotion relegation. But like my point is always like, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Like you're saying, the owners are going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? No. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like, like Liga and Mekis, they have playoffs and they also have relegation. Why? Like you can do it. It's, 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 it's a realistic thing to have both. If, if that's like the argument of we have playoffs and promotion relegation, like you can do both. It's just, it, it all comes down to the money and the owners aren't going to do that with their money. Mm -hmm. So my next question is, I'm going to move away from MLS, but not really. Uh, because when you started the podcast, you said you're a big red, white, and blue Ron Swanson, Budweiser <laughs> American. And I love that. Love having a Patriot on the show. So tell me, are you a big fan of watching the U.S. men's national team? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, same. Um, so what are you thinking of the recent new coach, uh, Greg Berhalter? Uh, you know, obviously, unfortunate not making the most recent men's World Cup in 2018. But have you seen growth with this new team, with the new McKinney's, uh, Pulisic? I thought it was a fucking crime that Josh Sargent wasn't in the... Yeah. 
Gold Cup, but whatever. We don't have to talk about that. But what are you making of the current U.S. men's national team and where they're going? Well, how much time do you have now? Um, I think that I was not the Greg Berhalter wasn't my number one choice for uh, for head coach. Mine was Oscar Pereja, former FC Dallas head coach, current club Tijuana head coach. Um, I just loved the system that he created with FC Dallas, and I felt that it could have been something useful for the U.S. men's national team. But I'm not completely against Greg Berhalter. I'm against some of his ideas and some of the things that we've seen, like in this most recent Gold Cup final. Um, why not have Tyler Boyd, the guy who you brought in on a FIFA one-time switch, the guy who was absolutely electric through the first four games of the Gold Cup, why do you have him on the bench to start the game? Fine. But then you sub in a left back over a right winger when you're down one nothing in a major competition final. Okay. Like it's just examples like that make me doubt Burhalter. But then on the flip side, and maybe just as like a New York Jets, New York Mets, New York Knicks fan, I'm just very pessimistic about my sports teams. Mm-hmm. Um but on the flip side of that, I, I do try to look a little positive. We have Christian Pulisic who's playing for Chelsea right now, and I I think he could have a really monster season in the Premier League, which is crazy to even think about an American doing that. Um, I like where we are with Weston McKennie. I think he's a much better player than um, a starting Schalke midfielder. I think he could, you know, move up the ranks, especially after this season. Um, I think Josh Sargent, like you said, being left off the U twenty uh, world, yeah, the U twenty World Cup roster being left off the Gold Cup roster. Why um, makes no sense to me. We have Serginho Dest playing for Ajax. We have all these youngsters who, you know, I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, we have so much potential, blah blah blah. But we just have so much potential that it's 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 hard to overlook. And if you're not excited as a U.S. men's national team fan about all these guys playing major minutes or signing to major clubs, then I think there's an issue. Mm-hmm. And also you got Timothy Way. You know, yeah. there's a lot of young talent all over, especially the Bundesliga. So my probably my final question to you, Tom, what about the narrative that all these young American towns need to leave the MLS? They need to go find their true potential in Europe. And that's the only way they're going to flourish and, you know, find out how good they really are. I'd argue that that statement is true and not true at the same exact time. Um, I think for each case, it's different. I think that for a guy like Weston McKenney coming up through the FC Dallas system, he was obviously outplaying the FC Dallas system, caught the attention of people in Germany, came up, is now playing for Schalke. In that case, leaving at MLS, but having your start in MLS led you to being a top player for our national team, led you to being a starter for a, for a Bundesliga club, right? But I think there's also cases of a Paul Ariola where he was playing in Mexico, kind of not really playing, going on loan to other Liga Mekis teams, getting a shot with DC United, playing absolutely out of his mind in Major League Soccer, and was Greg Berhalter's starting left wing choice for, for the national team in this Gold Cup and for previous games up until that point. And obviously, yes, there's a there's a much different talent gap between Paul Ariola and Weston McKenney, where their potential may be at the end of the day. I think Weston, and I think most people would agree, Weston's is much more. But for each player, it's different. I think that we have seen the growth of Major League Soccer, and if we want to have a guy like Tyler Adams play two years here, impress, and go overseas to Europe, I'm completely for it. I don't think that our 
starting 11 for the U.S. men's national team should be all MLS guys, but it shouldn't be all guys playing in Europe as well. There is a, a an advantage to having us have starters playing in Major League Soccer. No, and I totally agree. It's like one of those finicky things where, well, yeah, but they're going to actually get starting time over here and get better. If they go to Europe, sometimes these guys don't get the starting time and they kind of fall to the wayside. So... I think it is an interesting conversation that, you know, it is exciting seeing these young guys, a lot of them in the Bundesliga um, and now in the Premier League again. And not that we haven't had great Americans in the Premier League. Um, But my final last, last question, Tom, has the MLS moved from the stigma or stereotype of a retirement league for these old players in Europe? I'd like to hope so, but I think that there's that's that stigma is still there for people who don't pay attention to Major League Soccer. That people that stigma is still there for people who the only thing they ever see about Major League Soccer is oh Wayne Rooney's in the league, oh Zlatan Ibrahimovic is in the league, and oh Zlatan scored a hat trick last week. Our best players are not Zlatan or Wayne Rooney. Are they very good and are they absolutely dominant ballers on the field? Yeah, without a doubt. But you look at a Carlos Vela, a Mexican international, a guy who came over here arguably in the prime of his career. You look at all these young South Americans that we have developing and playing absolutely incredible minutes in Major League Soccer. You look at all the young Americans we have, like a Paxton Pomacal, who's shouldn't be on FC Dallas next season because FC Dallas should sell him for a shit ton of money this next um you know this next offseason for Major League Soccer. So it's not a retirement league. If you think it's a retirement league, it's because you're not watching the games and paying attention to the league. And that's that's my final statement on that. All right, Tom. I feel called out, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'll call it out. Don't worry. And you and you keep calling it the MLS. It's just Major League Soccer. Oh God, yeah. I heard um <laughs> Dave from Bros Talking Soccer would throw a fucking fit. I've been, um, my bad. I, I apparently, I'm probably going to get some shit for that. I've been told that many times. All right, I know now, Tom, it is Major League Soccer. I will not call it the MLS anymore. Thank you. That's probably, out of everything you've told me, I feel so much more uh, informed about Major League Soccer. Thank you so much. Uh, you've been an absolute uh blast as a guest um before we go please tell the people at home where they can find you and check out your work on your website and your podcast yeah so you can find us on all your podcasts um you know itunes spotify all that mls aces and full press podcast you can find us on twitter at mls aces at full press pod instagram mls underscore aces and then if you just want to forget all that just go over to mlsaces.com we have blogs, we have videos, we have a little description about everything. You can donate and be a part of the boys, the, uh, the the ace holes as we like to call them. So go over there and check that out. All right. Well, Tom, you've been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, lads. You're the fucking man. No, thank you for having me, man. Sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to myself. Fire.